Listener Production. Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Back from the week, it's a lot. Um, today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited to have the gorgeous, iconic, beautiful Angel Gills. Thank you, Jackson. Winner of Drag Race Down <laughs> Under Season oh, 2 from Palmerston thank you so North. Much. I know, I'm in the big city. God, <laughs> who thought I would be here? Oh my God, you're so beautiful. So, for those of you who missed it, I think you should watch the whole season back. I loved this season so, so, so much. I was obsessed with you from day dot. I think everyone was. I think we all just saw something so fabulous in you, including RuPaul, obviously. But I want to have a little DNA with you about a few things because I think there's more to Spanky Jackson than her gorgeous trashy clothes and her fabulous and her fabulous makeup that keeps improving every day, baby. It does. Do you know I didn't paint myself today? I was too bloody hungover to ha- hold like a makeup brush, so I got Queen to paint me while I lay on the bed. What did you ask? Like, were you in Brisbane? Yeah, like so. We're here for tour, and then um, our last show is tomorrow, and so I've been away for a month, and then um, yeah, so we went out and. Had Hit it last night. Oh my god! Too many shots and too many beverages. Oh my god! I love. That. Do you know what? Honestly, full tea. I think I broke about five glasses, which is like unheard of for me. But I oh picked them up off the floor. I did. No. I even got a brush out and swept it myself. No. Oh yeah. my god! And that's why she's our queen. That's why she. Do you know? Is I even our... wiped the bench of the bar as well, and the lady looked at me like I was fucking crazy, and I was like, "No, honestly, guys, I've got it. I've got it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. All right, so Spanky won Drag Race. Um, I actually, I don't know if you saw, but I, it was spoilt for me. And I usually am like, I don't give a shit about spoilers, but I was really angry. I was in Fiji when it was announced and I was watching religiously, like on every Saturday afternoon, I'd be like, even if I was getting ready to go out, I'd like put it on when I was like doing my hair and makeup. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to have a spoiler. And my, my best friend Rowdy was in Fiji with me. And I was in the shower and he goes, Fuck! And I was like, what? What? Oh my God, what, what, what? And he was like, I came out rushing and he was like, well, Art Simone just fucking spoiled Drag Race to me. <gasps> and I was like, and I was like, oh my God, don't tell me, don't tell me. And he was like, fuck you that you don't know. So I was like, I'm not going to go on Instagram. I'm not going to do it. And I posted about me. And then I posted idiot on my stories oh, going. Oh no, that not, was, you went wrong there. I know. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, no one tell me, no one text me, no one have anything to do with me. And then I asked Rowdy, I was like, will I be happy? And he was like, yeah. Well, I mean, all three of you were fabulous, but I really loved my spanky gear. Um, and, oh, thanks, babe. And uh, then I saw the same post by Art Simone. So fuck my fucking life. Uh, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that it was. I'm glad that it was you. So let's have a little chat about about naughty little Spanky Jackson because I feel like you were a. I mean, you weren't a surprising winner. Like I said, you've got something about you and Rue loved you and we all loved you so much. But I feel like you're so yourself. And I wanted to talk about like what drag is to you and what it means to you. Because I think you just have, it's just that little bit of, that little sparkle that you've got and we love it. (laughs) 
I think it's just because I'm a filthy whore underneath yes. it all, really. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's you know why I, I mean? resonated with you, because like, I was I, like, horsey whores, you right? know? <laughs> like, I've sucked a lot of dick in an alleyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, on the way home, I pick up the chicken and a dick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even the cab driver. Like, I'm like, yes, bitch, I will take your free fare, and I will suck your dick on the way home. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, no, I think, like... I think for me, like, drag is not... I've always, like, my aesthetic has always been I wanted to kind of be semi-believable, even though I'm a yeah. fucking giant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'm literally... People in real life are like, holy shit, like, you're so big. And it's true. How tall like, are I'm you? Nearly, I'm, like, six foot four without shoes. <gasps> so I'm nearly seven foot one. So oh on stage, like, like, on screen, I don't come across that big. No. But when people are standing in front of me and they're literally, like, their head is at my penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, they're like, holy shit, she's a big bitch. Oh, my bitch. God, Hannah you know Condor's I mean? like at your knees. Oh, my God, she's at my knees, <laughs> literally. Like, I think I even got her to paint my toenails the other day just because she was, you know, it was closer oh, for It just her, was you know? easier, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, obsessed. Love her. <laughs> oh, it's oh too good. Um... No, like, I've always just kind of wanted to be believable. I didn't want to be a clown. I That's not my drag aesthetic. It just mm-hmm. n- has never been. Um, and I think the other thing is just, like, where I live in New Zealand and stuff, you couldn't... I mean, I'm not the greatest seamstress. Clearly, we saw that. Um, I mean, you almost went episode episode one, wasn't it? Was I wasn't going. You weren't like, going. I was sorry. not going. Sorry, that sorry, sorry. Had to call security because <laughs> I was, like, literally not going anywhere. I was, like, just not. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, my whole aesthetic is like, it's, it's real. It's, it's, um, you know, yeah, I do wear off the rack. Yeah, I do wear things that real girls would wear. But I mm-hmm. think that that's exactly who Spanky Jackson is anyway, is that I am that real girl, you know? I want to be a real person. Uh-huh. I'm not some caricature of myself. I'm literally, the way I describe Spanky is Blair amplified. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that Blair kind of isn't, Spanky is so you know right. I'm not I'm not a bit of a slut as a boy like I'm looking for a husband so if anybody is listening babes I'm listening. ready to like get on my knees yeah I mean it's not the first <laughs> I love, um, I'm not a slut but I'm willing to get on my knees I will do you know, anything to get it yeah and a ring would be nice uh, <laughs> and I'm not talking about you know like a diamond ring I'm talking about their ring mm. but um, <laughs> you're like. <laughs> But, like, that's where we're at. Spanky's just Blair amplified, and and I'm just myself. Like, I don't want to become somebody else, and I'm happy with who I am. Totally. Well, I wanted to ask about how you started drag and why you started drag. Was it because you wanted an outlet to have that kind of other side of of yourself? No. I mean, drag just kind of... I think for me, drag has always kind of been part of my life. Like, mm-hmm. even from when I was a child, like, I used to have the nickname Blairy Fairy. Mm-hmm. And that was because I was always in my, like, Auntie Shelley's, like, f- lacy knickers at the mm-hmm. washing line. Right. And so she called me Blairy Fairy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where that began. But my parents used to pick me up from kindergarten. There were only two costumes, a cowboy and a ballerina. And every bloody mm-hmm. day, I was in that ballerina costume. Yeah. So even, like, intermediate, like, I know this is going to be baffling. There's a whole other part of my story, but mm-hmm. even like give us a whole story. Like, 
We love it. Yes. So, like, even at Intermediate, like, I, there was a book day and I left the house as a pirate and I ended up getting changed in the bush and, and, as a girl and going to my Intermediate book day as that. I did my first drag show at my high school for a lunchtime concert at Wired for Sound. Wow. And I did I Will Survive in the most hideous outfit. I mean, it hasn't really gone much better, to be fair. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of always been there and it really yeah started in the theatre. So when I was about, like, I think I was about 14 and we did, like, a New Zealand play, which is called Ladies' Night. And um, it's basically the same story as The Full Monty, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Except one of them was shit at stripping and ended up hosting the show as a drag queen. And I played that role, Gavin. And um, and then it just went from there. Right. So growing up in Palmerston North, I mean, I didn't know what the fuck Palmerston North was until until (laughs) this. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, Palmerston North. Spanky's hometown baby. Did you watch it, Lem? Did you watch no. this season? You need to watch it. It's a really good and you will just become obsessed with Spanky. But the amount of times I fucking hope Palmerston North from you in your- Fuck yeah. <laughs> so now you put it on the map. But it's a it's I presume it's a small it's a small town, right? Yeah. So it's like I grew up in Fielding, which is like ten minutes outside of Palmerston North, which is okay. extremely rural. Okay. But Palmerston North is like that's where I live now. Okay. So I would like put it like a Ballarat. Or something like that. So right. it's kind of like rural, but still kind of a city-ish. I mean, right. I wouldn't call it a bloody city. It's not this. Do you know what right. I mean? No, I'm yeah. literally looking out onto, you know, 700 million people just going about their lives. Like, yeah, yeah. That just doesn't happen. I mean, the streets mm. are empty. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely um, <laughs> completely different. Yeah. So what was that like growing up and, you know, constantly being in drag, I guess, before you even knew the term for drag, you know, getting changed into uh, a girl's outfit? fit uh, at school what was that like for you internally was it how were your family how were your peers um I I've always just been me and I've always Mm. had this thing of like it's not my problem it's yours yeah and I've lived my life like that from a kid. I don't know where I got it from. I don't know where it came from. I think it was really the love and support of my, you know, my parents, which mm. they adopted me when I was two. They're my nana and granddad, but they are my parents, so mm. that doesn't change. And I still have a really good relationship with my birth parent as well. But, you know, I never thought that I was doing something wrong. Not once. Yeah. Like, I never thought inside, oh, this is wrong, I shouldn't be doing this, or... Yeah, okay, the kids at school were telling me, oh, yeah, you need to go and play rugby, and here's me dancing around to, you know, the the cassette of Cats, mm. you know, doing a Cats performance <laughs> at, like, six years old for my whole fucking primary school, you know what I mean? Charge them so, five cents to go. Charge them all oh, to get totally. entry, 100%, totally. entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then we were, like, making um, – we had fashion club as well. Do you remember at primary school where you, like, have clubs? Like, you make no. clubs and you, like, so, like sticker club and, like, no. you know, there was all those freaks who were into stickers and you're like, guys, get out of yourself. I feel like no like, one ever judged me, but the sticker kids got judged right? so hard. Like, grow And then it was, up. like, there was different levels of the, like, sticker club yeah. as well because it was, like, there were people who were, like, into the scented ones or they were, like, holographic or whatever. Oh but God. our thing was, like, the fashion club. And we used to take all the scraps from, like, art projects or stuff and we would, like, take them to this little cubby and we would make outfits at, like, lunchtimes and stuff. So it was, like, yeah, it was just part of that. But the boys and stuff, you know, growing up in a town like that, you know, rugby is the thing, you know. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that person. I wasn't... 
I was never going to be that. I mean, mm. I played rugby twice and I got dirt in my mouth and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is awful. So yeah. um, I was clearly destined to become a drag queen. Yeah, absolutely. But do you, do you feel like maybe you had, it sounds like a quite a supportive upbringing then in terms of Very uh, much so. being outwardly, were you, were you, when, were, when did you come out? I came out at 14. Right, so, so quite young. Um, and what year yeah, was that? really young. Oh, shit, babes. I'm <laughs> terrible with maths. I mean, I'm 30. I'll be 38 in November. So okay, I so came 24 out, it would be years like, ago, 1998. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, so crazy. I know. It's, I know. Oh, my God. Superhuman powers over there. God. I'd have to pull out my phone and then I'd need to find an app and then I'd be like, how do I remove that? You know what I mean? Like... That would be me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was early. I did come out at school. My mm-hmm. parents were really concerned about that too because they were like, yeah. it was literally the day before my dad's birthday and I'd, okay. I'd met this guy on like summer holiday and I was just like, okay, yeah, like this is oh, Your grease probably, moment. This is like, well, it was kind of like the light bulb went and I was like, okay, like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And so it was the day before dad's birthday and I, I sat them down in the lounge and I literally walked in and out of that room probably 10, 15 times and they were watching some bloody show and I didn't want to interrupt it mm. and I felt like a horrible person and and then I just went and I literally said I was like turn the fucking TV off like um <laughs> and then you know there was no way to go back from there do you know what yeah. I mean and I came out and my parents you know yeah I think every parent goes through the same thing when it comes to their children coming out mm-hmm. you know I think it has become a lot easier mm. but definitely for 98 you know and in a rural town um yeah it was a lot. And I think parents have to fight their own reality of their dreams. And, and I think that they have these expectations and these things that yeah. they, these fantasies in their head, you know, the day you get married or yeah. the day you get grandchildren and stuff. So, yeah, there was a little bit of disappointment. But um, my parents are the most incredibly kind, loving, warm people. They are surrogate parents to pretty much every bloody friend I've ever had. Yeah. Um, they still are. My friends all call them mum and dad. Even Queen and Hannah now call them mum and dad. Oh. Like, that's how, you know, like, that's how amazing people they are. But they did their journey and, and they grew and it wasn't something that happened overnight, um, mm. you know, and, and there were kind of two coming outs because it was kind of like coming out as, as a homo mm-hmm. and then there was like coming out as a drag queen mm. a bit later. And, you know, I was always in entertainment and a performer and stuff. It was always kind of where I was going. But, you know, at that point when I first started drag, it was kind of like, this isn't where the money's at, babes. And look at me now. Who's fucking laughing? I mean, who's you laughing? Know what I mean? Which... Um, uh, coming out was harder. The coming out as a drag queen or coming out as uh, gay. Um, I think they were both hard for different mm. reasons. Like I think coming out when I did as a boy, you know, when I was fourteen, that mm. was just unheard of. Like it was Absolutely. just not. It was just not the thing that was done. Yeah. And I don't think it was. I mean, clearly I was a homo. Like, there was absolutely no denying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Absolutely no yeah. denying. Yes. I had, like, fire red hair and zebra flares walking down the street and fielding. Oh, my so, God. I want to see guys. that. I don't know if you ever saw a flamer before, but it was walking. Oh, my you know what God. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love the zebra flares. I want some zebra flares. Oh, they, I made them myself too. Um, oh my god! I know. So I used queen. to sew. Now yeah. I'm shit at it. You're too good for um, it now. Yeah, now you've won. Who needs to sew? Right. Yeah. I have people to like make people to do it now. for me. Mm. Um, but coming out as a like a drag queen, I think the thing that was so hard about that was that it was something I was so passionate about. But at that time, it just RuPaul's Drag Race wasn't around when that happened. Yeah. So it wasn't like there was some. Um, 
you know, form of where you were kind of going to go. And mm. now, you know, I stuck with it and, and my parents were kind of like, oh, well, you need to really get a real job. And in your 20s, you know, you put all your effort and energy into the things that you love and everything mm-hmm. else just kind of goes by the wayside. So you're like, you know, then I got fired from jobs because I was out, you know, doing shows and wouldn't turn up for work the next day or, mm-hmm. you know, all of those kind of things. So it was definitely difficult. But, I mean, my parents are like, beyond wildly proud and um, I think the thing for me that is the most incredible part of this is you know I did move home uh, because my dad had been given six months and Mm. I think the most fascinating thing is is I've now won two crowns and uh, my dad was here to see it all and my mum and dad got to be part of that with me so that's that's the win that's amazing your parents sound so great like so oh my god if they were here they'd be like looking after you and making tea my dad's hilarious Um, he'd probably have his pants off as well well, because, you know, it runs in the family. Oh, well, I actually want to talk to you about, well, not, not about your dad having his pants off, but about, um, I want to talk to you about what drag was like pre-RuPaul's Drag Race becoming this huge thing, I guess, kind of normalising and glamorising drag and, and what your experiences uh-huh. are before and after that. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, so, like, I have this this view on it before Drag Race even came about. And, and I say, you know, I think it's amazing. I mean, I sit here as, like, a winner of the show. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything that's happening to me now in the last five weeks is just, like, beyond the wildest dreams. I mm-hmm. uh, can't even fathom what's... Even the next year is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. But I do feel that after Drag Race, we have... Lost. Like I, I see that part of drag is that there is a culture involved with drag. Yeah. And you know, when I started, it's like I have a drag mum, you know, and the drag it's very much like the Vogue houses, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, you know, my drag mum, you know, saw something in me, and I carried her bags, and I took her CDs, and um, you know, I wasn't allowed to put on a dress until like I'd kind of earned it. Really? And so a drag mum? Yeah. I, I have a few friends that are in drag, and they kind of mention drag mums. Obviously, there's also that challenge on on Drag Race where you kind of yeah. are a drag mum to someone else so it's 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 like a mentor in the drag community and you yeah. how do you find a drag mum what's like what's the procedure do you apply do you put up a poster no. i've been like looking <laughs> looking for drag mother in today's world you'd yeah, probably lost. apply do you I'm know what lost. I mean? like yeah literally <laughs> like I how did you find to, your drag mum well i would just happen to be out in the clubs you know mm. and um i was out in the clubs at 17 so let's yeah. be fair let's not naughty judge little people, spanky but, um i was terrible mm. um but the thing is, is that I think for drag mums, what happens is that they are people who are very nurturing by nature. They're also really good at identifying kids who are maybe a little bit lost or mm. um, in that part of their life where, you know, they need guidance and they need somebody from the community to help guide um, where they're going and 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 it's not just about drag it's about life you know and um, my drag mum Amanda Lahore I know it runs in the family I love her um, oh makes sense she like right um, she's the most out there outrageous nurturing motherly kind pain in my ass mm. um, but she 
saw something in me, you know, mm. she saw something and, and I sat, you know, we would sit at the mirror and we would go step by step and I would learn makeup and I learned how to, you know, mm. I remember the first time I took my bloody wig off at a show, absolutely threw me against the wall and was like, you will never do that again. Oh. Same with taking your shoes off in public. If oh. I see some, okay, actually I can't talk today because I decided to wear slides because you can't see my feet. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she'd be you absolutely turning job. right now. She'd be like, I can't believe you're wearing slides to an interview. People can see you, babes. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, sorry, there's all this community before, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And it's like you learn everything. It's, it's You learn about professionalism. You learn about makeup and hair and um, how to be with people and, you know, the craft. You know, it's no different from like an actor or a singer or, you know, you go to drama school, which I got kicked out of as well because mm. I was just too amazing. Too good. Um, no, everyone was and... jealous. They were like, oh, my God. Too no, good. they just hated me and I hated their rules because I was like, no, bitch, I'm going to do me. It's time for cats um, again, guys. Do cats one more time. Right. <laughs> No, let's not. <laughs> Please, no. Or Greece. Like, I yes, swear babe. to God, if I see Greece one more time, I'm absolutely going to punch somebody. I like, love please it. let it die. Let no, it die. let it live. No. <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. No. It's the worst oh my thing. God. I feel it's sad because we are kind of losing that. And now we. You know, like that's what I said on the show as well. It's like people like Minnie, you know, she should be respected. And there are so many of these legends of drag and they mm. work in our communities right now and they still do. You know, they are out there and they've been doing this for God knows how long. Mm. And it's the people like them that made it okay for me to come out yes. and do what I'm doing now. Now we're losing, we're just losing some of that drag culture. We just are. Like yeah. um, part of it's slipping away because now the reference points, you know, I always revert it back to a, like a magician with it's like not revealing its tricks. Yeah. That's what it used to be like. It was like you wouldn't have all the secrets, all the tools. You had to right. learn. It. So now, you know, there's resources for days. I mean, you could sit for probably, you know, a whole year on YouTube and watch every yeah. makeup tutorial in the world or how to make a better body, how to style a wig. You know, these were all skills that were passed down, um, yeah. you know, from your drag mum to you. And we're losing that, you know. How do you feel about many, uh, so Minnie Cooper was another queen on the show. I loved her. How do you feel about the way that, I mean, that Minnie was uh, treated? I don't know. I, I, at some points I kind of felt like there was a need for a reminder of, uh, you know, elder queers and, and how, I guess, transformational she is in the Sydney uh-huh. uh, drag scene. It's such a shame because I feel like in our gay community especially, like I even feel I'm past it, you know. I think you hit 30 and it's like the scene says, oh, you're fucking done, you're yeah. dead. You know what I mean? You're not even hot enough, you're not attractive enough to yeah. be part of our scene anymore. You know, it's just a, a load of crap. Like it's absolute bullshit. Mm. Um, and it's like we have so much to offer and there's so many older gays who kind of, I feel like they get cast out of the community because A, they don't feel like they belong or they fit in Mm -hmm. and that's not fair. Like, it's just not mm. right. Like, these are the people we should be respecting and, and should be, you know, leading our community forward, teaching mm. the younger, you know, the younger queer community about what it means to be, you know, queer and um, where we've come from and where we're going, you know, and we need to do this together instead of it's like separating ourselves. And, I mean, that goes for the whole world, to be fair. It doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight. I yeah. feel like we're moving in a pattern of this crap and we all just need to find, like, if I 
can do one thing and I hope that it happens. But my goal has always been to like try and bring us the fuck together. I don't know how I'm supposed to achieve it, but yeah. I feel like I'm definitely on the way. You are on the right track. Absolutely. So, so I guess let's talk about your life post drag race. Now we spoke about, you know, a loss of community and culture, but I, I think that's happening in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and I think mm-hmm. obviously there are lots of benefits to people having resources, but do you feel like some queens, I don't want to say, this could be mean. Is this mean? Go. I don't care. Do you Go feel like back. sometimes some queens just do drag to get on drag race to do like, like the oh, goal is drag race. Yes, girl, girl. Not to be part yes. of the drag community. And then no. if it's like they've tried a few times, is that, is that fucked to me to say? Yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> um, I know. It's true because you get, like, that's the thing. Like now we, you know, drag queens are breeding like bloody flies, you know, <laughs> and it's not necessarily that they're like even any good. Mm. Like... <laughs> I know that's not, no, now I'm the shady one. No, like, you know, you, I, mean? no, you, no I, I think be shady. I think if, I think we can be shady because we're not naming anyone's. Also, I can't think of anyone that I that I would accuse of. But I thought you're no. so in the community and you've been but on the I show. Know so what why you're not talking ask about? It? Yeah, very much so. Especially mm. when it came here, or yeah, like there are definitely those people who are like, oh, this is the thing. Like, I can do this now. I almost see it like cosplay a little bit. Like, you know, where yeah. it's like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to I do that. That yeah. looks fun. I've watched all the seasons. This looks like I could be really good at Maybe this. Maybe like Top and Model. How after Top Model, yes. everyone then thought they could yes. be a model and didn't realise the amount of skill and background that was necessary to oh, be a model. 100%. I went and did a photo shoot yesterday and it looked like a stuffed fucking sausage. <laughs> and Hot. these two are like, killing it the game and I was like this is oh the God. skill do you know what I mean I don't yeah. have it no, I just like generally face down as my best pose you know what I mean no, just, just commit <laughs> just commit just commit how can you tell how do you think you can tell this is getting a little bit shady but how do you think you can tell if a queen is there is doing it just to maybe eventually get on drag race versus doing it for the love of drag a hundred percent and you know how you can tell because they're trying to attach themselves to people Right. That they know who have been on on Drag Race. 100%. They're trying to attach themselves constantly or tagging themselves or. um, Mm. Everyone's going to be on Instagram looking up. I know. Going and see who Spanky's following. I know. Started a whole thing. And now people are going to come for me. Like, (laughs) oh my God. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true, though. Like, it, it is an actual thing, you know? And I think the other thing is, is that, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't mainstream. It just wasn't. So no. it was kind of seen as something very fringe, you know. They, in some ways, you could say we were freaks. So yeah. it's like, and now it's become so mainstream that people are like, you know what, I will put on a dress. And we're seeing lots of variations of drag since drag races happened where yeah. people are like, you know, drag doesn't have to be that. And I love that. Mm. Like, I, I love that. You know, there's this whole, my whole career like my whole time you know people were saying oh you need you need to wear sequins or you need to Mm. wear you know 78 bloody necklaces and stuff Mm. and I was like that's just not me like it's just not me yeah I don't want to do that and you don't have to do that but there are definitely those people out there who are like you know what I'm gonna do this I can dance you know the one the common one here you go here's the the common one is the dancers okay well but they (laughs) they are a dancer and they go okay they're a backup dancer and they oh sorry, dancer. <laughs> the literally and they like start doing 
backup mm-hmm. dancing for the show, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they're like, oh, I'm going to be a drag queen and get paid more money. That's that's the team. Right, because, like, okay, all right. And now, I love this. Yeah. I love this. And now I do mean, you feel like there's like a, there's like a lack me, of though, secret yeah. society vibes from drag <laughs> now and they can get resources. And I guess it is good to normalise. It is good. This is a thing as well. I want everyone listening to know. We're not saying that normalising drag no. is a bad thing. It's no. just sometimes it's fun to bitch. <laughs> that's and that's the reality, and that's no, the reality. This of is it. like life. Mm. This is real. Do you mm. know what I mean? It is real. These are conversations that people have at the club. You yeah, know, they're like, oh, look at that homo over there thinking that he's got a drag. You know. Yeah. The thing is, it's like for me, it's like, what do you want to offer? Yeah. What do you want to give? Like, what? What is it? It's not enough to just say, oh, I want to go out there and, and look pretty. It's like, why do you want to do it? Yeah. Well, like, I wa- where do you want to go with it? Like- I guess your, your winning of Drag Race kind of did show, I guess, people who think that they can. I mean, obviously, there are all different skills involved in drag, but I think the biggest one is personality and putting on a show. And I think that some girls are sometimes shady about your makeup or about your outfits. And it's like, yes, but it's about the show that I'm putting on and we always knew mm-hmm. who Spanky Jackson was. And I think yeah. that shows that you can't really just come into this drag race and just win because you are amazing at makeup. While it helps, I think you have oh, to yeah, have a 100%. real passion for it, right? Yeah. But I think what happened, I don't think it was necessarily the judges that changed that. It was the contestants, you know, where it was like probably like season five or six where it just changed. Something changed. And it was like, it became about how much money you spend. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. There's no money given to you from it. Yeah. It comes out of your own pocket. Yeah. Like, I spent 10 grand and I took out a loan and that was all I was willing to, like, to spend. Yeah. And, like, I know that some of the girls spend upwards of 40K. Wow. So, you know, just to compete in a competition. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. To win like, 50 and- and then yeah. you make a 10K right. profit and exactly. then you make up the cost. It doesn't make any sense. No. But it's also like when you look at the standard that American drag has, and this is where I think the difference comes. Mm-hmm. Drag is different to each country and each region and how it is perceived. And American drag comes from a pageant system. So, mm. yeah, oh, you course. are buying $4,000 dresses. You know, you are, this is the expectation that is set on you. Even if you've watched that Toddlers and Tiaras show, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those kids are like, it's ridiculous. Why little, is what they your four-year-old getting a spray tan and a flipper? Get a flipper. A, a little kids with the bloody right. flipper in. It's fucking insane. And then they're like, hey, we spent three and a half thousand dollars on a dress that's been rhinestone <laughs> to win a hundred bucks. <laughs> Honestly, it makes no sense. And it's stupid. stupid. And you feel like that's the drag race, drag race equivalent. Yeah. I think it is. I think and yeah, that, and that's that's where it changed. And I think the contestants suddenly thought that you know I need this in order to win. And the thing is, I've never believed that because, like you said before, I've always believed that what I do on the stage is what matters. I mm. could go out there in a paper bag and still kill it and better than still. somebody who's wearing you know twenty thousand dollar dress. Yeah, absolutely. Like I know that because you're a performer, baby. Well, that's you're a it. Performer. It's about entertainment. That's what drag is. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're not working, babes. What are you doing? Yeah. You're sitting at home on Instagram taking your photos. Okay, yeah, that's all well and good. And, yeah, you yeah. can make money out of it. Yeah. 100%. But you, it's what you do in the person, you know. Absolutely. How do you find – because you lived in Melbourne, didn't you, for – Yeah. How long? A long time. It. Wasn't it? 12 years. 12 years. So how do yeah. you find your experience uh, doing drag in 
Palmerston North and mm-hmm. uh, and Melbourne, which I guess is kind of like the queer hub of Australia, yeah. I would say. So, like, for being in Melbourne, like, I was generally working a lot of, um, you know, gay clubs, gay mm-hmm. nights, mm-hmm. Um, gay events, um, and literally my whole career in the last eight years in New Zealand has all been straight. Yep. So what do you that mean? is the difference. I work in the straight scene. I literally get flown all the way across New Zealand to go and do events at just random Like hen's nights? No, I wouldn't do that. They get too drunk. I've heard some fucking stories. Hen's nights are fucked. Oh, girl, honestly, I will not be doing another hen's mm. night as long as I live. No. Honestly, I don't need the money now. No, God, no. But so, but so what, doing like... At straight bar appearances or doing no, so like literally like venues, restaurants um, with Amanda Lahore and, and collagen. Like oh we God. would go, we get hired Love for collagen. like corporate events, mm. it's a like great name corporate events. Oh. So uh, like we literally did the photography award, the National Photography Awards of New Zealand. We've done so much, honestly. And the thing that was so great about that is that what we were getting to do is that we get to go to these tiny, like when I say small towns, these are small towns like Picton and um, Tūrangi and um, Tokoroa. And these mm. are like tiny towns that would never have ever in their life ever seen a drag queen walk down that street. Yeah. And this is what we do, you know. And the people that are coming to our show are straight. Mm. Yeah. They're not gays. And they're enjoying They're the ones it. buying the ticket and how they're the come, people who pay. How come I haven't gone to a, a corporate event with a fucking drag queen? We have drag bingos here sometimes. Isn't drag bingo yeah. at the gay bars that's a gay though? thing. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I'm like, like drag and dine. That's also with the Urkin. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very separated here where it's like, actually, to be fair, I think that that's what's the other lovely thing about me being in this position as well is that I transcend both, um, both yeah. the gay and the straight community Mm. because, you know, I swear to God, every time that I'm out and somebody notices me, it's the straight boyfriend. The boyfriend is like, oh my God, that's Spanky Spanky Jackson. Jackson. And then the (laughs) wife comes up and they're like, oh my God, I fucking love you. Do you know what I mean? And it's always the straight man. And it's like, that is my target audience. It really is. That's fucking amazing. So you mentioned at the start of this uh, episode uh, (laughs) about being single still. I got asked a lot of questions on whether you found love for your life yet. Obviously not. What's going on? No. Um, Look, I'm talking to somebody. Oh. And that's lovely. And there's no problem. Are we talking or we're like, are we like, are we like? (laughs) No, not quite, babes. No, I'm not that much of a slut. Oh, Um, I am. See, I don't think that I could even. No, boo. Honestly, I would. Honestly, I'd be (laughs) taking it in the back alley. Mm. But right now I'm like too busy and I don't have the time and we live in different countries. So there's also that. Yeah. And for right now, we both work in entertainment. So we understand, you know, that. It's it's difficult, and right now I'm really busy. Yeah. Um. So if something happens, it happens. But I mean, honestly, like I haven't even talked to anybody in you know nearly 14 years. It's been really. And I had a I, yeah, I had an awful relationship before that where, um. Oh wow, we're gonna go here. Let's All right. Do it. Um, I tell everyone everything on this podcast. Yeah, babe. I know you do. So I was like, you know what, babes, <laughs> I'll just give it to you. Yeah. So like, it was awful, and I seem to attract like straight men who are either mm. bisexual or questioning themselves. Mm-hmm. And so he met me as a man and then suddenly, like, you know, after eight weeks, I showed him Spanky. Mm -hmm. And then the next minute, he's, like, fallen in love with Spanky and wants Spanky a lot more. And then there were things like, you know, like, we'd be having sex or something and he'd be like, oh, why don't you go and put on a wig? You know, like... 
Stuff yeah. like that. I know it's sad. It sounds like I'm such a sad fuckwit, but no, I'm a sad. Like, I'm a sad fuckwit as well. I've, I've, it much, was like you know, I have a lot of sad stories like that. But so, how did yeah. that make you feel? Like, how did that yeah, make you feel? It's traumatic. It's so traumatic because it's like I'm not there. Like I'm no. not. Like when I go home at night time, I take the shit off. It's my job. The mm. end. And I'm not a woman. I don't want to be a woman. And. It was it was traumatic because it was like four years of this, and then oh like God. on again, off again, on again, off again. Then what happened was that I like went home for a family reunion, and I'd come back, and he'd moved out. So like, oh, had so you literally living together? Left. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was fucked. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Which I think that's a normal human behavior. It's mm-hmm. like you go into protection mode, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it took me so long to get over that. And this is what I mean. It's only been now that I've kind of been like, you know what? I'm kind of ready and mm. I am looking for that. I do want to find a husband and, mm. you know, settle down and kind of have that stable home base. Yeah, relationships aren't fucking easy and it's never going to be easy, but it's how you get through it together and that's what I'm looking for, you know? No, yeah, no, I'm in I'm in that, like, avoidant era. I'm like, I don't want anyone yeah. to touch me. I think I've said on the podcast like a million times, I'm like, the other day I was watching a clip Move. of, no, <laughs> fuck my life. I was, I was watching a clip on, like, some, like, Netflix, show of like a couple like loving like not having sex like I mean like literally just being loving and nice and I was like yeah I was like I was like like the thought of emotions of anyone like and it isn't even like oh if anyone being nice to me I'm like oh my god what a waste of time so I'm in I'm in the era that you were in for the last 14 years where you're just like I have so much going on like I have other things to do and that's the that's the hard thing it's like and people who don't kind of do what we do or understand, especially being a drag queen, you mm. know, I get a lot of attention um, yeah. and it's it's difficult for them to process that as well. It's yeah. because, you know, they can't, I get it. I, I totally get it. But it's like my name is Spanky for it, you know, and people whack me on the ass all the time. Yeah. I don't notice it. But it's little things like that where it's no like. got no nerves there, darling, anymore. <laughs> I don't notice a thing. Well, <laughs> I'm wearing half a couch now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, before I used to, honestly, true story. When I used to wear no stockings, um, people used to slip their fucking finger up my asshole. Oh at the my club. god! Okay, like, that's a bit le- fast, like, legit. That's pretty fucked. I mean, it's fucked, right? <laughs> and it's like if you're doing it to me, imagine what you're doing to some poor straight woman yeah. who's out there. And it's like even the amount of times that I get in cabs and like cab drivers would like try and put their hands on my knees and stuff. And, I, oh. and the whole time, I just kept thinking to myself, I was like, if I was a straight woman, like or just a single woman out mm. here, mm. are you serious? Like. This is not okay. Disgusting. Yeah. Not okay. It's horrible. Okay. Absolute bullshit. It's fucked. So, so wait. So partners would get jealous about the attention you get. Oh my god, she's got the fan out. She's got. She's got the fan out. She's. She's just had done a holographic fan. (laughs) Oh my god. Sorry, babe. I actually just spent all my money on this holographic fan and my Diamante cup from. Winning. No. <laughs> Queen. Do you know what? That was free. Now uh, <laughs> I get gifted things? I want. Uh, um, no, so not you... quite. So if people want to send me more gifts, please, please. do. Um, but so, yeah, but do no, you that find... was a gift from my friends. Do you find that, uh, yeah, people people get kind of jealous about the attention that you get or uncomfortable? Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so. And it's... 
it's their insecurities. It's yeah. not mine, and I can't change that. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter how much reassurance you give them or how much you say, you know, you love them or mm. any of that. It won't change that because it's something in themselves. Mm. And this is where I've come to in life. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm. that's how I know, and that's why I've been single for so long, is because I, A, haven't met the person. Mm-hmm. B, I haven't been in a vicinity of them either. Yeah. And now I know what I'm looking for. So what like, are you looking for? And if for? I don't see it, I'm like, piss off. Get what out. You, oh my Can't God. If they're not going to add to your life, what's the point? It's not worth the fucking time. So right? what, what are you it's looking for? It's a waste for? of time. Give me a list of things. I'm just looking for someone. somebody who is like got a good heart, is funny, wants to enjoy life and, you know, lives life the way that they want to live their mm-hmm. life as well as supporting somebody else's dreams, you know. Mm. It is possible for both people to enjoy their lives. Mm. And, yeah, relationships do run their course sometimes. And, you know, that's, you know, I believe people come into your life for a reason. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it could be a lifetime or it can just be a season. Totally. But there's something to learn from those people. And it's happened all the way through my life where people mm. just kind of show up out of the blue and you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, I know why you're here. Yeah, totally. So when it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And I'm in absolutely no rush. I mean, I've been single this long. Yeah. Um, and, like, who cares? Do you know what I mean? I'm happy. you got a packed so schedule. So either get on board the train or fuck off. Like, totally. do you know what I mean? Like- <laughs> totally. Do you find as well being um, being in entertainment, do you find, because I get really emotionally exhausted, even, like, my PT and my hairdresser, we always talk about, like, you're talking all fucking day and entertaining all day. Do you just yeah. feel like there's nothing left in the tank to give to a romantic partner sometimes? Um, I don't think it's... I, I completely agree with what mm. you're saying. And I wish people could kind of understand that about us. It's like, especially being, you know, doing shows and stuff, it's uh. like that person who paid, you know, whatever they paid for the ticket doesn't give a fuck if you had a bad day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They paid for a ticket to come and see a show and mm-hmm. they want you to perform. Mm-hmm. You know, you are like a dancing monkey a little mm. bit, but you just keep on going. But it is extremely draining giving... Constantly. Yeah. Because you want to keep some for yourself, but yeah. you're already on minus 15%. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, then you're like minus 25. Yeah. And then you go home, you have a sleep, you, and then you're like, you might have got like 10% back, mm-hmm. but then you straight away just giving. So the battery is empty. Yeah. And I think the thing for me that I miss the most is just being able to come home and just fall asleep on somebody's chest and just go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, just go like, oh, I've, I'm done. I need yeah. to recharge. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that's the thing I miss the most. I've got enough love to give because I'm trying to give it to the whole bloody world right now. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to like, you know, fill up my own battery at the same time as fill up other people's batteries. But, you know, that's what batteries are for, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they're for a dildo and that can also give you power as well. <laughs> it you know? also can give you a little something, a little bit of energy. Right? A little jolt, babe. A, l- a little jolt. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Spanky, I am so obsessed with you. I could talk to you for hours. Next time we're in the same city, we need to have a drink together. Yes, um, I would absolutely love It would love be that. so much fun if Queen and, and Hannah are down as well. We could oh, all have babes, a group be power. There. I love yeah, them. Absolutely. Um, but I am obsessed with you. Thank you so much. And also I can see, because everyone on Drag Race loved you. Like every time someone eliminated that right, Spanky for the win. And when they were asked who should win, they were Spanky, like in every interview that I saw. So I can totally see why they love you so much. You are just an absolute light. And I'm so glad that you won. Oh, thank you. Honestly, it's just wild to me. I mean, even last night, I know this is embarrassing, but it hasn't stopped and I don't know why it happens, but like last night I was at the club having the best time of my life dancing on the dance floor and I just start crying because it's like, mm. how the hell did that little 
gay boy mm. from like the country get to my goal and mm. how I'm so just grateful like how the this doesn't happen to everybody it just no. doesn't no. um and it's it's just I don't know what I did in my life right but I've done something good and and it's now paid off and I just am so grateful to represent everybody and I just hope that I can like keep doing that and just hopefully bring the world a little bit more love and a little bit more laughter so I appreciate that thank you so much Aww. and thank you for having me guys it's no been so worries. fun thank you I, I mean I'm dying though. like I'm sweating my ass off here in Brisbane like, oh <laughs> it's fucking so humid now can I oh, I one request honestly. though can you give yeah. me a Parmesan North fuck yeah yeah it's always Barbie and Parmy fuck yeah <laughs> 